Welcome to SEO SES, where your hosts are myself, Sarah McDowell, SEO content executive at Holland and Barrett. And I have the beautiful, long, luscious locks, a very good cat mother, um, a, yeah, uh, an amazing lady, an amazing hiker. Um, she's pretty good at packing, so I'm told. <laughs> Hannah Bryce, SEO manager, also at Holland and Barrett. It is called SEO SES because me and Hannah would like to think of ourselves as your special answering service when it comes to SEO. Literally anything to do with SEO. We love talking about it, debating it, finding out what's trending in the industry. We also like to invite other guests on to talk about other areas. And basically, we just want to cover as much as we can um, and we do that by delving specifically into different topics each week. So the plan here is that we just all together learn and get better at SEO. Hello, Hannah. Hello. I mean, what? I mean, yeah. <laughs> I'm going to stop telling you my secrets because they're going to start coming out next. I mean, a secret packer isn't a bad, bad secret for people to know. Just was not expecting it. That was all. <laughs> I mean, what are you? I was more going like you know how you were saying that you're good at packing and getting things into a suitcase and making the most out of space. That's Absolutely. the angle I was going for. No, I appreciate that. It's um, it is one of my main skills. So yeah. <laughs> Would you put it above SEO or like below Catmum? Where are we putting it in your in your list? I mean, right at the top, definitely. <laughs> How are you? Oh, um, I've gone in a weird place. So I do apologise to our listeners. Um, who knows what's going to happen this time, this episode? Um, <laughs> no, I'm feel I'm feeling good. I'm feeling good. Um, how How about yourself? Yeah, not not bad. Cannot complain. Um, slightly hungry, but that's um almost a permanent feeling. So, did you yeah. have did you have lunch? I had some hummus on toast. Oh, that's a bit um like I feel like you've exotic that made toast a bit more exotic because you normally Ooh. just have butter or jam, don't you? Well, do, I also sprinkle um poppy seeds on top. You pretentious, but then. <laughs> That does sound wonderful. That does sound. I'll make wonderful. it for you one day. Oh, that's an offer I can't refuse. <laughs> I had uh, a fake sausage sandwich and hash browns. Oh, that's even better. Like this, my diet has been awful this weekend because um, it's just been me and my diet in the evenings has just been chicken nuggets and chips. Ah, oh, that's what I used to be like when I used to live on my own. Ah, oh, it's so bad, isn't it? You get into bad habits of just eating really bad foods. Yes. Yes, you do. Um, there's no way around it either. You just do. You just do. But, you know, it's been two days. And tonight I'm going over to the parents and my, my mother is going to do a glorious roast and there's going to be veg in there. So don't fret for me, guys. <laughs> right. Well, I think it's about time we brought another voice in. Yes. Uh, and saved us, to be honest. So, <laughs> I think that's um, wise. We have a wonderful guest today. She is an e-commerce and technical SEO consultant, a speaker, and she also has her own SEO course and newsletter. So hello and welcome to Christina Azarenko. Hey, hey. 
<laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I, I was <laughs> just sitting, smiling, enjoying your conversation. And I was thinking, oh my God, I forgot to eat today. It's 11 a.m. for me, what? so it's not 4 p.m. That's okay. But I'm like, oh my God, toast, it sounds really good. It sounds really tasty. Can you see? And we have poppy seeds. Mm, yeah, <laughs> we had one. <laughs> if you, you need to come and get some food. <laughs> No, I'm good. I'm good. It's like, it makes me more energetic. I know it sounds weird, but it makes me more energetic. I'm not that handy to the point that I can't see. See, <laughs> I, have, I have to plan my day around food. That's how much like, I get nervous if I've got lunchtime plans and we've not specifically said there's going to be lunch happening <laughs> at some point. It does make me a bit nervous. You should have called, like, maybe... Uh, maybe you have a um, separate line of podcast under this one, SEO, SEO like, uh, I don't know, lunch or yes. something like that when you would be eating and talking about SEO, like, mm, yeah, mm, mm, yeah. Yes, that is, that is definitely very accessible. I mean, everybody eats, right? So, <laughs> I mean, I don't know if like, people would want to hear me like eating. I've been told that my sister always complains that I eat very loudly. And that she, there has been times where she's known to vacate the room because <laughs> I'm just too much of a loud eater. I don't know. But anyway. Wow. It's unrevealed. <laughs> yes. Right, enough about, enough about this. Christina, we would like to do a quick fire round with you just so that our listeners, unders, can get to know you a little bit better. Does that sound okay? Yes, sure. Excellent. So you're going to love the first question. Name something that's pink. Uh, my costume. I have a pink costume. <laughs> I thought you were going to say your hair. I was like, you've got pink hair. I still say that it's not pink, it's red. I used Ooh. to have reddish and then... Uh, then I changed to more, like more pinkish, but I still say that it's red, so okay. I can't accept that it's. Pink. I wish I'd have changed that question now. <laughs> <laughs> okay, next one. Name something that's fluffy. Uh, my dog. Yay! Um, what's a superpower that you would love to have? Um, I would love to have laziness. <laughs> laziness. <laughs> <laughs> I know, I know, I know. It's weird, but uh, in the recent in recent times, yeah, I would love to like be, be more lazy. Oh man, it sounds like you need a spa day. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> Do you, like Sarah, have any strange eating habits? Oh, uh, I don't even know. Um, I don't think so. <laughs> Hannah, Hannah, it's hard to re recollect something. I thought that I thought that question was just going to be like, "Do you like Sarah?" And I was like, "Well, that's a bit of a <laughs> okay." Next question: Do you like Sarah? <laughs> I do. <laughs> uh, that links quite nicely to what is your guilty pleasure? Um. Oh. Okay. Oh my God! It's so oh, okay. So I used to watch uh, Pretty Little Liars. I really loved that show, and I just couldn't stop. So I watched it all that's not bad but yeah I just like didn't feel that it made me better or something you're just like I need to know who is Ed <laughs> do you ever find <laughs> out what you say uh well there were multiple A's there and it's very like yeah I eventually found out but it's just like the weirdest tv show that I've ever watched like you know 
really cool and all this stuff. <laughs> I've not seen it, so I can't relate. But um, yeah, I'll move on. <laughs> what are you missing most in lockdown? Um, I think real, real interest. Oh my god, I'm going to be really, really creative here, and I'll say that I miss real interactions with people. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, when you have um. Uh, not when you just meet like two people or three people I love it still but I mean when you go to conferences when you have like bigger bigger amounts of people and you can talk and like I don't know have just a fun time and without thinking that okay I need to wear a mask I need to be really really uh, really um, thoughtful about what I'm touching yeah um, I think it will take time to just um, move on <laughs> for everyone um, but yeah I think that's what I'm using yeah I'm with you can you whistle uh, oh <laughs> I can't okay I can't whistle normally but I can whistle um, inside you know <laughs> Go on. The, the inside, not outside. Not breathing out, but breathing in. Go on, and give then. us a whistle. Okay, I can't do this now. <laughs> I'll, I'll try. <laughs> it's not really strong. So, okay. You can say I can't, <laughs> but I can't a little bit. That's, that's yeah, no, the, definitely a whistle. Yeah, but that's that's the biggest thing I can do. <laughs> What can't you do that you wish you could? Um, fly. Ah, good one. And what do you think has been the worst ever Google algorithm update? Oh, um, it's hard to say because uh, honestly, even though Google updates impact really hard, like um, the websites, I see. I see that. From like when Penguin and Pandas started, just the search results became better. But I think the hardest thing is like Medic update, like EAT, because there is there are no exact guidelines mm. that you can follow. Oh, of course you need to make your website better, but sometimes it's just hardest to understand like what exactly you need to do when you've done all the like check boxes. Um, so I think that's the hardest. But in general, I think that Google is really good in moving into direction where we get better search results. Absolutely love that answer. That's the end of Quickfire. Yay. Yes. <laughs> have it passed it? <laughs> oh yeah, definitely. Flying colours. Yes, I mean, you survived and passed it. And yeah, <laughs> we always like doing Quickfire because we just find it a fun way of us and our listeners getting to know our guests so yeah that was definitely an eye-opener um so yes okay so um my first question to you as we get into the meaty the main event of this podcast and it's a opener that we ask all of our guests is tell us a brief overview of yourself and how you got into the industry um yeah it's going to be brief and it's going to be an overview <laughs> so I'm originally from Belarus. I uh, I was born in a small village. Um, then my first job was a debt collector, and at that point, I didn't know what I was going to do with my life. When I accidentally saw an SEO course, it was an offline course, so where you would need to go and study 
uh, in a group of people, which is not possible right now. Um, but I, at that point, I had really no idea what a website was. And I remember that I um, cried a few times because I couldn't figure out what, what a root folder is, what's from the 60, what do they do? Like, what do they want from me? <laughs> um, <laughs> but it was so interesting. I was so, uh, like, I was so sucked into this that I even um, had to take some um, time off my job that I was doing then. And I was reading all the blogs, learning everything. And like, in, I think in a few, in a few months, I just got a job uh, at, a, uh, at an agency, an SEO agency, which was based in Belarus, but was um, a UK, by the way, it was a UK agency. Um, yeah, and I just started working and I loved that to, this, to the point that uh, just two weeks later, I was already explaining many things uh, to the people who had been working there wow. longer because I was just so excited and I loved it so much. I finally felt that I found my passion. Uh, so yeah, that's, uh, that's how I got into SEO. It was, uh, I think, 10 years ago, yeah. Hmm. That I is mean, such a cool story. Yeah, I mean, I always love asking this question because we get some, it's just very interesting hearing how people get into the industry because yeah it's never there's never been two stories that are the same or even similar that I find <laughs> no I think that's one of my favorite stories though because literally you just discovered it for yourself out of nowhere and then just loved it and yeah totally immersed yourself yeah it was it was a really great journey it is <laughs> well yeah I mean now you've got your own agency as well so marketing syrup that's right isn't it yeah. And has that been running for just over a year? Yeah. So um, I would say it's not it's not an agency per se, you know, like uh, because when I think about an agency, I imagine that there are like many people working there or at least like, more than one. <laughs> um, and you have like project managers, account managers, uh, senior SEOs, junior SEOs. That's how I view an agency. But um, marketing syrup is more like it's a boutique consultancy where I'm the face and uh, the workforce and the account manager, everybody um, behind this. Um, yeah, so I started it a year ago, uh, last August. And it's uh, been on ever since. Yeah, cool. Okay, well, that sounds, I mean, what you've just said there is obviously a load of benefits to working basically with well the owner um rather than going through lots of different um levels like you would have in an agency is there is there anything else that you'd say about uh, marketing syrup that makes it potentially different to to other consultancies and, and different to agencies yeah so as you like i want to elaborate on this a little bit more and uh, what i um what i really love is that okay i am the only person behind it uh, so there are no account managers we don't pay for like people don't pay for 20 people on the call which mostly are flies on the wall yeah but uh you pay still pay for this and also um i'm the sales person as well so i can't actually promise something that i won't be able that i understand that i won't be able to deliver on uh -huh. when somebody comes to me and say oh i have uh like i want to rank for uh i don't know christmas tree uh and 
I have just a new website and I have spent two hundred dollars. Well, I can't say, but yeah, yeah, okay, okay. Give me, give me this two hundred dollars, and I'll make you rain just uh, overnight. Um, yeah, so maybe like this an edge case case example, but um, yeah, I find that it's different when you talk to a salesperson versus when you are talking to the person who's actually going to implement the work. Because mm-hmm. I need to be straightforward and I need to be transparent right out of the bat. Love that. And how's it been in the first year, especially with COVID? Um, well, honestly, it wasn't easy. And uh, 2020, like this year, feels like a decade, honestly. Mm-hmm. Um, but I've learned so much. And I, and I also like, you know, I've always wanted to make a greater impact. And when I'm working with clients directly, with small businesses, I feel that I'm making this impact. And this fuels me a lot. And yeah. Also, I was able to um, to start my course. I was able to start my newsletter that I wanted to start for a while, but it was really hard. Uh, I don't know, not not hard that I couldn't start it when I was working full time. Uh, I didn't feel that I had time for that. And uh, yeah, and I also spoke at the conference live in March, which I can't believe that it happened <laughs> this year. Uh, but wow. yeah. It was, it was, it's an interesting journey and uh, I'm still, I'm still on, I'm still in the business. So which says that uh, it's not, uh, it's not bad. It's, uh, it's good and it's picking up. Yeah. And if you can start off in these conditions, like how in five years time, hopefully you'll be flying. Do you know what I mean? It'll be hopefully <laughs> yeah, exactly. a walk in the park compared, compared to this year. <laughs> yeah. And if you consider that flying is the superpower that I would like to have or like something. Yeah. Uh, that's a good Sounds good to me. <laughs> I love it. Um, and then finally, last question on marketing syrup. Where did you get the name from? Um, okay, I would love to tell you, you know, a smart story that <laughs> I researched it and um, I really understood that it would resonate with my audience and all this stuff. <laughs> but the true story is that <laughs> it started, uh, so I moved to Canada about three years ago and I wanted to um, start a blog because I used to have a blog in Russian long ago and that's wow. your blog uh, so i wanted to start a blog and i was thinking okay so how should i name it and you know like syrup maple syrup is really popular in canada so i was like oh marketing syrup would, would sound good because i'm not only an seo i've worked in paid ads um, i work like conversion rate optimization so i thought that i would i would share all the different kinds of information there so um like seo syrup didn't sound really good so (laughs) marketing syrup sounds good so it started like a blog and then i thought oh it's a great name for my company so i registered like uh the name of the company like it's marketing syrup and i love it Mm. yeah it's awesome i love your logo as well it's so cool thank you so much (laughs) um awesome so thank you for sharing uh yeah it's been wonderful to hear about how you got into the industry um about your business and i'm so glad to hear how how it's going so far um so i mean the reason we got you on today um was to talk about faceted navigation are you proud of me hannah i didn't stumble much there Uh, faceted navigation and duplicate content issues so first things first I want to sort of um, cover the the basics 
So can you explain what, what we mean when we talk about faceted navigation? Yeah, sure. So um, basically, it's a way to, to when, you, when you want to find something on a website, and in most of the cases, these are e-commerce type websites, online stores or dealerships or marketplaces, you don't want to waste your time being there, you want to find something quickly. So faceted navigation is a great way to drill down uh, and choose the specific things that you want to, um, the specific type, types of products you want to be shown versus, you know, going through uh, thousands of pages of different products. You think, okay, I want a t-shirt and I want this t-shirt to be um, with V-neck and I want it to be women and I want it to be, um, I didn't remember whether I said the color green. <laughs> yeah. So if I'm very specific about what I want, I want an online store to give this to me also like in a specific way. And what faceted navigation does, it helps to do this, to just drill down to uh, specific products. Okay, so faceted navigation is needed then, uh, especially if you're in e-commerce with lots of different types of products and, and variations and stuff. So um, it's needed. So why, because what I hear a lot of the time is whilst websites need faceted navigation, what it can do is cause a bit of a headache for duplicate content issues. Um, so why is that? Why does faceted navigation cause duplicate content yeah, it's a, it's a great question. So, um, so first of all, there are two types, I'd say there are two main types of duplicate content, like full duplicates, when, you when your pages don't change at all. And partially duplicates when your page is basically the same, but the arrangement of the products are, is different, is a little bit different. Uh, so with faceted navigation, you usually have uh, the second type of duplication when you rearrange products, but at the end of the day, these are the same products. And the problem with uh, duplicate uh, content is that Google gets really, really confused. If you have a few pages which have um, basically the same products but arranged differently, like for example, sorted uh, by, um, by price or, um, or something else, right? Mm. Google gets really confused, like, what's going on? Which page should I rank? Just give me this page and I will <laughs> rank it high, but don't give me 10 pages which are similar because I don't have resources to think myself, which should I rank? Mm. Uh, so that's, that's, the main, that's the main problem. You're just not straightforward enough about what you want Google to rank. Hmm, that's, I mean, you've, yeah, that is a very clear explanation. Um, so, so thank you. So when, when we're looking at kind of the, the, the issues with duplicate content, how, when you're doing faster navigation, how do you avoid those issues? Yeah, so there are, uh, there are different, different approaches that will, uh, that all, all of them will work. But my favorite approach is using Ajax. <laughs> that would be uh, that would be ideal because with Ajax you don't have uh, you don't change the URLs, so you basically rearrange the content, but you're not creating anything. Um, uh, you don't create new pages, which you would need to deal with after that. Um, the only um, the only disadvantage of this is that when you um, when you 
when some of the pages, some of the filters are actually very valuable and you want Google to, to, um, to rank them. Mm. That's, 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 that's a different point. Um, one of the, one of the other ways to tackle faceted navigation is to have canonicals in place. Uh, so basically you choose one, one page, which is going to be a canonical. For example, for, um, for online stories, this would be, um, we started with t-shirts, let's go with t-shirts. It's going to be like, for example, women t-shirts, right? And then you rearrange them by, um, by uh, color, by um, price, and you drill down. And every time you have like additional parameters in the URLs. So if you have these additional parameters in the, in the URLs, this is a new URL that can potentially harm um, your, um, your rankings. So what you do is to put a canonical to this URL and this canonical will uh, point to your main category for these particular um, filters, which is going to be women's t-shirts. I hope it makes sense. Yeah, mm -hmm. it makes perfect sense. <laughs> Definitely. So um, going back to your point about sort of Google wanting you to sort of pick rather than having um, and confusing Google with all the weird and wonderful variations of a product that you have, uh, how it's best to pick one, how do you go about picking that one? Um, how do you know which one is the best to um, put in search results and the best one to tell Google about? Yeah, so um, I think there are two layers. Uh, so first of all, uh, your, your main categories. By default, they would be uh, they would be the most important pages that you want Google to rank. Uh, as I said in the previous example, uh, women's T-shirts, right? This is going to be um, this is going to be the canonical page for all the filters which are um, which are under this category. Another, so this is the first layer. Layer. Another layer is when you can create, it's more complicated, but when you can create um, a combination um, of your main category, which is, again, women's t-shirts in this case, um, <laughs> and one of the filters, for example, color. So when you, uh, when you add one of the filters and you see, okay, so there is search volume for this, uh, I can definitely, um, I can definitely benefit from having this index so then you create a static, static URL for this page and you make sure that the title tag and then the H1 tag and if you have some content on the page are updated as well um, for relevancy. Uh, so that's, that's the next level. But with this next level, you would need to do um, preliminary research of which filter com combination would actually make sense to create and whether you have enough products because if you have just like one product, there is no point in creating uh, a separate page because it won't have any value. Mm. Mm. I guess that's what happens when you've got some sort of automated process, I guess, on, on bigger sites. Um, you can end up with one, one product on a page. So would you say that there tends to be more issues for bigger websites doing fasted nav? Or would you say it can also cause problems for smaller ones as well? Uh, I think that... Well, if, for small ones, okay, if you have just one product or two products, the chances are high that you don't need a password navigation. Yeah. But for, <laughs> um, 
arrange by price oh now the first one is the second one <laughs> yeah yeah um but yeah i'd say that a facet of navigation is a great thing but at the same time a problem for <clears throat> for any 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 store of any size because uh for example for okay for big stores uh they can have also you know brand high brand visibility they have higher domain um domain trust domain authority and then they can get away with some of the things um and google might be better at finding uh the best pages to rank there but with small size when you don't have that that brand visibility and in general that high visibility in google faceted navigation can be an issue as well so the bottom line here is that any website that has faceted navigation should think about uh, what they can do to improve it whether whether it's creating uh, issues or not in the first place and if it's not then that's great cool I'm just, um, I don't know why my brain's gone here, but I just thought that um, this episode would be good for a drinking game. Like whenever <laughs> mentions faceted navigation, you have to have a drink. <laughs> yeah, it's smart on an episode about faceted navigation. <laughs> um, I, just, I just thought, you know, when like you see or you say a word so much that it stops having a meaning, um, was that just me? No? Okay, moving on. <laughs> moving on then. <laughs> okay, does um, faceted navigation cause other issues or is it just duplicate content? Yeah, so um, as I said, one of the ways to um, help to improve faceted navigation, we should be thinking here, <laughs> uh, is to have canonicals in place. And okay, so when you have canonicals, um, Google needs to process them and it can influence the crawl budget that you have on your website mm. which, is spent, which is spent on those uh, pages and if for example you have like five categories but you have a huge number of filters just think about how many potential URLs can be created and if each of these uh, duplicate URLs has canonical, a canonical tag pointing to like to the proper page, Google still needs to access it and indexes. So that's where crawl budget can become an issue. But what I've seen and what I've heard um, a lot from um, John Miller from Google is that, okay, uh, crawl budget is not an issue for small, medium-sized websites, um, but for huge websites with millions of pages, it can be a real issue. So that's where, you know, a different approach with using AJAX might be a better solution because with hmm. AJAX, as I said, you don't you don't have you don't create new pages, so Google doesn't even need to access anything specific. Um, just um on say crawl budget, um, some people might have never heard of that term before. Um, could you quickly just explain what you mean when you say crawl budget? Yeah, sure. Um. So when Googlebot comes to the website, it needs to um, it needs it needs resources uh, to find and index all of the pages. And there are different stages of indexing, indexing, rendering, um, and it should it should index um, most of uh, the most important pages on the website. And the real uh, the resources, which is basically crawl budget, 
are limited. So if you have, for example, five pages, Google can just come to your website, index them, and leave. That's fine. But if you have five billion of pages, it might be harder. So um, this crawl budget, this quota, can limit, uh, can end faster. And if you have like very dynamic stock and you are adding new pages all the time, the chances are high that Google won't be able to index them fast. And if Google can't index them fast, they are not going to rank because a page cannot be ranked if it's not indexed. Hmm. Uh, so that's where um, you can experience problems. Awesome. Thank, thank you for um, clarifying. <laughs> so um, my next question is whether you think breadcrumbs are a good solution when, when using fasted navigation, and if so, how you would use them? Um, yeah, so I, um, I wouldn't link, so I don't, don't personally link facet navigation and breadcrumbs. They're like, to me, these are uh, different, different things. Yeah. But um, um, I love breadcrumbs because they are um, like hints, uh, and they help really help to improve internal linking. Um, so one of the things that I I really uh, look into when I work with websites is, for example, when you have when you have as a navigation, let's say on your product, right, and it says uh, that this product is uh, in this category, then subcategory, um, etc., etc., etc. We need to make sure that um, these links and the breadcrumbs are linking are linking to canonicalized pages. Uh -huh. uh, that's where that's where this connection with breadcrumbs and um, facetted navigation comes into play. Hmm. Hmm. I mean, I'm just thinking, you know, whenever someone talks about breadcrumbs, I think of Hansel and Gretel. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, me too. And I think, well, I, there is a huge reason for that, right? <laughs> yeah. I mean, there are like loads of things in SEO. I mean, you've just got to sort of um, look through some of the names that Google have come up for their um, algorithm algorithm updates um and it's just like where where do these ideas come from <laughs> um but yeah i mean i think i mean this has been a very valuable episode for our for our listeners because i think especially in like yeah so faceted navigation it's definitely something that is needed on the e-commerce websites but it's something that is needed but it needs to be dealt with sort of thing so i think we've sort of um yeah really delved into the into this subject um and there's a couple other questions before we lead on to the feature but i didn't know whether there's anything else that you wanted to say about faceted navigation or you feel like we've covered um yeah, I mean, I, I understand that you could go on a bit of a rabbit hole and this is more of like an overview um, sort of thing. But yeah, I just didn't know whether there was anything anything else quickly that you wanted to say or? Um, yeah, like you, you can, you can have, we can have an hour talk about facilitated navigation. Yeah. But one of the things that I'd say is that it's not, <clears throat> it's not frightening to use it. It's just the main point is how you use it and how you combat, you know, like these um, issues like with duplicate content, right? Because I, so one of the websites that I used to work on, uh, it has like 95% of all the index pages were due to faceted navigation. They didn't have any value. So once I cleared this out, the website ranked much, yeah. much better. So that's something just to know that you need to tackle this, but uh, 
honestly, if you're an e-commerce website or an e-commerce type website, you'll definitely need to have facet navigation. Cool. Okay, so my last question is um, three people to follow on either LinkedIn or Twitter. Um, it's hard to um, <laughs> it's hard to limit to three. I but know. If I, yeah, if I were to um, uh, just say three people, okay. So for Twitter, uh, Alida, one hundred percent. I think everybody knows her, so I won't even explain who she is. Yeah. Um, and also Claire Carlisle. She's a Google My Business sorceress. I'm not really into Google My Business because I specialize in different things, but whenever I uh, read something or um, see something from her, I'm like, oh, that's amazing. Like, I didn't know about that. Um, so yeah, it's very, it's very great to you know, so, know something from different, uh, different SEO field, SEO sphere. Um, and for LinkedIn, I'd say Mark Williams Cook um because he has unsolicited seo tips he i think he posts almost every day um and these tips are really great like tiny bits of seo uh, advice that one can implement right now awesome i love those i'm actually gonna i don't think i'm connected with mark so i'm gonna send him a request right now yeah he's um, actually he's actually in the uk oh is he cool yeah um but i completely agree with the others as well um Claire is, uh, on Twitter does a lots of funny stuff as well. So not necessarily well, yeah, funny. <laughs> I think um, there's a few bits that I've accounts that I now follow that, that she's shared and stuff. So she's good for SEO and for laughs. <laughs> can I can I just say we've had both Elida and Claire on the podcast. People just just putting that one out there. <laughs> <laughs> okay, last question then. Do you have a favorite SEO tool and what is it? Um, I could name a lot, of course, but I'd say my favorite tool ever would be Google Search Console because ah. come on, this, is, this is the information that Google gives you, and uh, it's uh, it's really amazing, and it has helped me a lot of times to discover, oh my God, so many weird technical things that were going on with websites. Yeah. That yeah, I just love this tool. Completely with you, unsung hero. Yes. <laughs> cool. Okay. Right now is the time for the feature. Yay! <laughs> this is the real reason you agreed to be on the SEO SES podcast, wasn't it, Christina? Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> was it was it convincing? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, so this week, what we're going to do is I'm going to think of something and you guys have to ask me questions until you can guess what it is. So the, whoever, whoever guesses the right thing first is the winner. Ah, okay. okay. So you're going to think of an object of sorts and me, an object or thing. Yes. Object or thing. And me and Christina are battling it out to get that. Um, okay. Bring wow. it on, Christina. Uh, is it is it a live object or is it something which is not live? It's alive. Can you see it right now? No. Is it a person? No. So it's alive. You can't see it right now, but it's not a person. 
That's right. Is it a cat? No. <laughs> <laughs> okay, is it a pet? Because I was thinking about a dog, but maybe it's a pet. No, no. Oh, is it a plant? No, but good one. Oh. Um, is it in the like in the UK or worldwide? <laughs> um, you yeah, you find them in certain countries. Mm. So it's an animal. Yes. Mm. It's an elephant. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> right. Can we please give context to why <laughs> there, Christina? Okay, should I give this context? I mean, either you or Hannah. You, you or Hannah, give the context. Go on, Christina. Okay. Uh, so before before recording this episode, Hannah asked me how she can introduce me and like who I am, and I said just random thing. I'm an elephant. <laughs> <laughs> So that's the story behind this answer. But I was really surprised that I, I got this answer. I was like, no, oh, really? <laughs> oh, yeah. So I feel so proud of myself. That's the best way to start Sunday. That was uh, a really quick win. That was <laughs> how How many questions did we get up to? I think it was like five for, for, yeah, for Christina. Uh, uh, well done, Christina. Thank you. <laughs> I'm so happy though. <laughs> I mean, yes, I mean, that was a fair battle and I am happy to lose to, to you and bow my head and say that you're the champion of 20 questions. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> um, well, unfortunately, that brings us to the end of another SEO SAS podcast. It's very sad, isn't it, guys? It is. I've had a great time. Yeah, it was it was really amazing. Oh well, um, Christina, thank you very much for spending your some of your weekend with us. If people want to find you, obviously, I'll link out to um like things in the show notes. So obviously, you said about your newsletter um and and your website and stuff like that. But if there's any any particular ways that's best to get in contact with you. Yeah, you can uh, find me on LinkedIn. I'm very active there and on Twitter as well. Um, and on my website, which is going to be linked. <laughs> <laughs> and on LinkedIn, I'm Christina Azarenko. And uh, on uh, Twitter, I'm just Azarchuk. So uh, you won't have any issues finding me. <laughs> there we go. You're a very findable lady. <laughs> that's findable surely is a better word than findable but that's where my brain's gone um <laughs> hannah where can people find us and seo sas okay so you can email us at hello at seo podcast.com uh, on twitter it is seo underscore ses or sarah mcduk or seo sas hannah beautiful Beautiful. And please do, if you're new to us and you quite enjoy our podcast, please do subscribe because that way you get notifications when new episodes are ready for you and waiting. And also, we're always going to uh, welcome reviews because that's always good for us as well. Um, Christina, what are... so? 
taking ourselves away from SEO marketing and all that, what are your wise words of wisdom to end on? Wow, that's that's a good question. Um, <laughs> um, I'd say that one of the main themes that I would um, I would even advise myself when I was younger is to not be afraid to experiment and to share what you're doing because <clears throat> that's collective experience and i realized that when i started sharing more with people uh it really i benefited i benefited from this as well because that's how we learn and oh actually the other day i saw this um in hamid barista barista's post on linkedin when one explains to learn and i really love this um phrase because that's true. So experiment, learn, and share with others so that you can all learn together. Oh, wonderful. Wonderful. I mean, I feel like that's a nice way to end the show, don't you, Han? Yes, I do. I'm glad you're not asking me because I cannot follow that. <laughs> <laughs> I'd be like, make sure you stretch in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> but it's a good advice as well. Like, it's a good tip. Uh, what would mine be? Do something challenging at least once a day. Very good, very good. Uh, getting out of bed is a challenging enough. <laughs> well, that can be. That can. That can definitely be it, Christina. Um, right, right. All we've got left to say is a goodbye. Until next time. Now for now. Bye, everyone. Ciao.